Adam, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Good. I appreciate your time this afternoon. So on Friday, we had Herm Edwards on, and we were talking with him uh, about the reaction from his team's parents and, and his conference's parents and, and everyone who's critiqued it. Why is there such a big difference in how the Pac-12 has responded to this versus the Big Ten, in your opinion? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, why the parents feel that way. I mean, maybe it's because there's um, obviously you know different situations with the virus in different parts of the country, including in California in particular. Arizona has been a hot spot. As far as how the leagues handled it, though, you know, the Pac-12 was just much better with the communication throughout that process. Um, you know, they always seemed the league that was most likely to postpone, and as that decision got closer, you know, they communicated with their coaches the night before the postponement decision had their doctors involved and their medical experts. And then they also had those medical people on with the presidents right before they, they took their vote, which was unanimous. And then in the aftermath, this is probably the biggest difference, the Pac-12 put out a document you know, listing some specific reasons why it postponed and some data that it had collected. They also made uh, you know Oregon State's team doctor available, who's very involved in the decisions. Or in terms of guiding the Pac-12, they made Oregon's president available. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that they were trying to hide from as far as details, whereas the Big Ten did not provide very many details. That's why you have parents that are still asking for information. You know, coaches are, are still you know uh, publicly talking about, I don't have answers for my players, those types of things. So I think there were some communication breakdowns in the Big Ten that were not there with the Pac-12, and that's led to why one league is receiving so much backlash and the other, as to your point, is getting almost none of it. With your sources, uh, I mean, with your sources within you know these conferences, uh, what is the difference between the Big Ten and others? Are you are you getting feedback from the Big Ten uh, or no feedback? Like people are saying, I mean, what, what's your communication with the conference like as far as your sources? Well, I, I, you know, again, people I talk to in the Big Ten are, are fairly aligned with what the Big Ten parents are saying that they they didn't receive uh, enough information in some cases. They believe that the league. Uh, you know, maybe rushed into the decision that Commissioner Kevin Warren really wanted postponement and, and pushed that on the president, although I think it's certainly fair to uh, question the president as well, and, and they ultimately made, these, made the decision. There's all this, uh, you know, confusion around whether there was a vote or not uh, that was taken by the Big Ten presidents to actually postpone. And so, you know, again, just a lot of confusion, um, you know, words like lack of transparency and, and, and just, you know, just, just general, general uh, uh, disgust with how the situation was handled in the Big Ten, um, you know, as opposed, to, as opposed to some of these other leagues where it was a much smoother process. Adam, with so many guys already opting out of the spring season for the Big Ten, so many from Michigan, a couple guys from Northwestern as well, when do you see the Ohio State guys to start making that decision? Well, I think once the, you know, Ryan Day has been adamant from the start of the postponement that the Big Ten needs to have a season that begins right after the first of the year and wraps up before the NFL draft. And, you know, he, he would like to have as many of his, you know, draft eligible players participating in that season now will they actually do it that may be difficult but i think the key is to have a schedule model in place sooner than later and the big Ten's working towards that right now uh, and it seems like the favored model is to have a, a a season that starts in january takes place at neutral sites and wraps up sometime in march or april so you could play a season if you're an nfl player or an nfl prospect 
and still have uh, a little bit of time before the draft unless the draft is moved back a little bit longer. So th- those are all factors. I think Ohio State players are going to have to take all that into account. That's been the one team, though. It's been interesting just to see how unified they are in wanting to play this season together, you know, from Justin Fields to, uh, to you know, Sean Wade and, and, and other prominent players you know, not wanting to opt out, wanting to go through this season as a team because they know how good they could be and, and maybe just the fact that, uh, that there's a possibility of a season starting in early January could entice them to stick around versus opting out. I think it'd be very difficult to keep every uh, you know very high uh, draft player for the Buckeyes uh, on the roster for a winter season, but they they do seem to at least want to see what the what the plan is from the conference. You know, with Dabo a couple weeks ago saying whoever wins the college football playoff this year will be the champion. There will be no asterisks with without the Big Ten playing, without the Pac-12 playing this college football season. What say you? How do you feel about that? Do you think they'll be truly a champion if all the conferences, all the Power Five conferences aren't playing? Well, you saw the playoff came out with its uh, list of, of, of dates for for the rankings today, and, and those all coincide with a, with a fall season. So, you know, if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are out, they're out. Uh, if, that, if that season's able to be played, you know, how it's viewed in history you know, certainly will be, uh, I think, just depends on, on who's looking at it. Um, there's some really good teams in the SEC. There's, uh, there's Clemson is obviously uh, they're number one in the AP preseason poll for a reason. They're an excellent team, but I think a lot of people looked at Ohio State as an equal, uh, and, and I know Ohio State felt that they were certainly capable of winning a national championship. And so, you know, unless everything moves to the winner and we have you know, uh, you know kind of unity in terms of when the season starts and when it ends, and and, and some type of playoff format. We're never going to know, unfortunately. Um, but uh, but uh, you know, again, Dabo is going to take that position. I mean, to, to be fair, he has he has won his national championships and made the national championship game only against SEC teams. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, right now, that's who he's he's looking at. He's looking at Alabama. He's looking at Georgia. He's looking at defending national champion LSU, Florida, and some of those other SEC teams as the primary competition for Clemson to win a national title. We have ESPN's Adam Rittenberg with us here uh, on the Justin Kidder Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Um, With that being said, Lane Kiffin had some interesting comments in the middle of last week, Adam, about that players of of the the teams whose conference is postponed should be made available to transfer and be eligible to play right away. I think that's something we've all been kind of keeping an eye on, especially the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten fans and especially Ohio State fans, right now, is there anything keeping a Georgia or LSU or anyone from knocking on the doors of a Justin Fields or some of these players and saying, hey, you guys are fighting so hard to play this fall. Well, you know, you really don't have to try that hard. we got a spot for you. (laughs) Well, right. I'm sure they're making those efforts. It's not that simple. I mean, they would have to get a waiver that would be granted almost right away, if, if, you know, for the non-seniors to make that move. And you know, I, I don't think that's something the NCAA wants to you know jump at. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you, if you, you know, the, the rhetoric out of the NCAA has been pretty clear. They they don't think that, that playing football this fall is safe, and I don't think they want to set a, a precedent of you know, hey, just just go ahead and leave your Big Ten or Pac-12 school right now. And we don't, you know, the SEC will make room for you. I mean, you know, that's going to cause other guys to possibly be run off the team to, to create scholarship opportunities for a Justin Fields or a Sean Wade or whoever really good Big Ten player, Pac-12 player you want to name. And so I, I don't anticipate that happening. Um, you, you, you don't rule anything out right now because it's such a, a fluid, uh, crazy environment. 
but um, I, I, you know, talking to people in the Big Ten, I, they're not anticipating a, a large group of, of really good players to, to show up in the SEC in a week or two. No, I'm with you, and I know that back, you know, at the beginning of the season, there was so much talk about, you know, the the idea of, you know, letting players have a one-time transfer uh, policy without having to sit out a year. And I believe that with when COVID hit, all those all those talks just came to a complete halt, mainly because if I'm a player on the West Coast, I would have been trying to take advantage of that right away to give, you know, increase my chances of being able to play. Is that something right now that they're avoiding that conversation? Because if I'm a Justin Fields and, and let's say I get that itch that, hey, okay, Ohio State, I appreciate you. I love you. You did everything you could for me, but I want to play this fall. I would be raising some hell with the NCAA if they're saying, hey, the only reason I can't play this fall is something that's out of my control, but they could play over here. Why can they play and I not play? I'm really curious to see if there's going to be a player that tests that, and it's going to take that, I think, before those floodgates open. Yeah, it'll be a really interesting test case. Um, to, you know, and it's certainly a player has the right to to do that. I mean, Justin Fields obviously got a waiver already to go from Georgia <laughs> to Ohio State. So it'd be pretty interesting to see if he. If I, I just don't see that happening. I, I really think, honestly, you know, given what Ryan Day has said and the fact that there's traction around this January model for the Big Ten, I do wonder, and certainly some people will question it, but I do wonder if, if, if a number of the Ohio State players, even a Justin Fields, even a Sean Wade, do strongly consider playing this final year with Ohio State. I mean, I think it means so much to them. To, to I've been really impressed with, with kind of the unity that, 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 that's being showed in that program. That may not be the case elsewhere, and certainly players have the right to do what they want to do. I mean, you had a number of Big Ten players opt out uh, of, of, the, of the fall season when it was still a possibility mm-hmm. just because they just wanted to get ready for the NFL draft, and you can't uh, fault anyone for doing that at this point. But I, I, I get the sense that Ohio State players are at least going to see what happens here in the next few weeks as far as planning and certainly monitoring what's happening in these other conferences to, just to see how realistic it is for, for those seasons to happen because I think there's still a lot of obstacles uh, potentially in the way of the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, and the other three conferences to uh, go forward, start, and ultimately complete a season without major interruptions. That's all very possible. Adam, I know you're the football guy, but what do you think about this being the most important thing going on t- to see college basketball? Like, with college football, if they're able to make this happen, do you see this paving the way to make sure there's a college basketball season? Well, I think any success uh, in sports right now amid the pandemic can help a future sport. So, you know, the, the success of the NBA can possibly help college basketball, even though it's not identical. One's in a bubble and one may be in a tournament bubble, but isn't going to be in a bubble the entire year. But, you know, the NFL, some of their testing numbers that came out today, that's encouraging. If I'm, if I'm part of a college conference, it's to see the NFL uh, having that type of uh, success so far with their testing. And, and so all of this, you know, again, adjusting to having students back on campus, you know, incorporating some of the developments in terms of testing and technology, you know, that that's the advantage college basketball have, has having time before the, you really have to start the season. I, I don't think uh, a college basketball season really needs to start until January. So that gives you a few more months to, to see how things progress here and, and ideally have a better handle on, on how to manage things. Um, now, there could be other factors involved if there's a spike in in uh, in cases you know regionally or nationally um there's all sorts of things that can happen between now and january but i i i think that there's certainly a a good chance uh to to have a college basketball season this year 
All right, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg, good enough to join us here today on the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Adam, thank you so much. I know you've been pulled all over the place. You've been a busy man. Uh, it's an interesting time in the world of sports, as you know, and uh, we appreciate you uh, carving out some time for us today. Thank you. Yeah, you bet, guys. Thanks for having me on.